Hi, it's Jen Taub. Welcome back to Booked Up, a podcast that features you, me, and our favorite authors. We release a new episode every Sunday morning, so please remember to listen. Today, my guest is Judy Gold. Judy is a two-time Emmy Award-winning comedian, and she just finished a one-woman show based on her fantastic new book called, Yes, I Can Say That. Judy is going to talk to me about her life in comedy and the importance of freedom of speech. Remember to listen to Booked Up every Sunday on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's dive in. afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of the mary trump show nerd adventures in which we're going to be talking about the insane criminality of the republican frontrunner for the presidential nomination i mean oh my god i don't even know what to do with this anymore gento i mean i the only good thing about this is that uh open the can of soda before the show though. The only thing, it's very loud. Uh, The only good thing about this is that um, we somehow didn't realize that my impeach the motherfucker already t shirt, which became useful for indict the motherfucker already, can now be used to stand for imprison the motherfucker already. This is. I, I don't want to say it's incomprehensible because it's not incomprehensible. But this isn't about him anymore. This is about the massive failures of certain individuals. This is about the massive failures of the system. This is about the massive failure uh, that is the American so-called justice system. And Jen, none of it's new, of course. But when you can so clearly say that anybody else who's done what Donald Trump has done would be in prison already pending trial and then stay there for the rest of his or her natural life. That's very telling, isn't it? Yeah. uh, Even for people of his you know, stature. I mean, stature is a funny word to use with him because mm. I have so little respect for him. But I mean, his social standing. His Even position. He's a, his position in society. He's a highly ranked person in society because he, despite his having billions of dollars in debt, the guy, you know, he's perceived socially. He's white. He's male. He's wealthy. He's connected to all kinds of people. And right? tens this of is- millions of anti-democratic, pro-autocracy fascists in America elevated him to a position. Yeah, even before. Utterly Yeah, but that's Even before, so even with his stature, even Mm -hmm. before, like, the problem is we have gone light on white-collar criminal offenses for years. And I know folks have heard me say this, but I think it's really important to, to say it again, which is even, you know, ordinary people 
who did what he did prior to when he got elected would have served time in prison. There are numerous instances, and I say ordinary people, not people of his stature. There are numerous instances where the businesses that he operated entered into sort of regulatory settlements where he personally, he ratted out people for tax fraud involving the jewelry store near his, uh, you know, his home in New York. And there's so much that he did. There was money laundering accusations. There was securities fraud. But, you know, the SEC settled civilly or um, I can just go on and on and on, not to mention the tax evasion stuff that his father was also involved in. And so ordinary people would have been stopped in their tracks. He was treated with kid gloves, just like other uh, sort of white collar criminal types. This is how the government deals with it. They think, you know what? Let's not, you know, they somehow have this sort of, um, what's the word we use? Um, abolitionist, non-cast, you know, anti-carceral state, you know, you know, and it's liberals especially, it turns out over the years, are like, we don't want to put, you know, rich guys in prison. They'll learn their lesson if we make them pay a little bit of money out of the billions more they make, which is, of course, not true. So this is how he gets to the position where he's so elevated in society that he could even think of running for president because he, like other wealthy people and other wealthy businesses, just settled civilly. But what you're talking about, Mary, now is the problem is even knowing that our current Department of Justice, even knowing everything he did, even with the Mueller report, so I'm talking about what he did before he got in office and what he did while he was in office, they've dragged their feet to the point now that he's going to be not just the candidate from the Republican Party, but he's poisoning the society. He is repeating his lies. And we have hundreds of millions of people who believe him. And I leave that not right at the feet. Well, I leave that I at mean, the globally, feet. probably. But in America, this is my this is my dead bird gift to the doorstep of Merrick Garland. You know how cats will leave a dead bird? They think it's a gift. It's Sebastian not a gift. might overhear you. Okay, so let's why, lay oh, off the... I don't mean that kind of bird. I mean a bird, and I love yeah. birds, but I mean, I don't yeah. want a bird to yeah. be slaughtered even by a cat. But I so understand. I am leaving that bird at, at Garland's doorstep because the fat cat, and I'm, you know, of Donald Trump, I don't mean fat in terms of, now, of now, weight, I mean stature. Now Cap uh, is all upset. She thinks you're commenting on her. Okay. No, what you're right. I, cats. No, that's like the robber know, barons. Right. And so that's on his doorstep. And if Merrick Garland had a spine or if Joe Biden had appointed someone who could actually do their fucking job instead mm-hmm. of a consolation prize, we would not be in the situation we are in now. I have I made my feelings known. I mean, yeah. is there any. Listen, I like. I mean, I think we need to pile on the contempt because it's 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 well deserved, and uh, you know that we can spread it around liberally. A um, couple of things. Uh, you know, we wouldn't be in this situation if people like my grandfather hadn't gotten away with his white collar crimes um, and been allowed to put Donald in a position to scam his way through life. I mean, it's like all you know, all in the crime family here. Um, and you know, they, they did it to me. They've done it to many, many other people through the years. They commit fraud, cover it up, get away with it because yeah, it would be too problematic and it would be just troublesome and bothersome to hold them t- to account because I don't know why, uh, cause I guess they're just rich and white. I'm not really sure, um, why it's so difficult. Um, not, you know, it's like, what, what's that saying? 
better to let uh, a thousand a thousand guilty men go free than punish one uh, innocent man unjustly or something like that. That doesn't that that sorry that kind. No, I think actually the way it works, Mary, is better to put an innocent black man in prison. Oh yeah, and right, let because right. it's so much easier. So much easier. I, I mean, look at the look at the record on that. I mean, in our history, yeah, right? Exactly. But you know, um, and this also goes back to uh, you know we often say, and in fact, I think Heather Cox Richardson wrote a book called "How the South Won." The Civil War, I, it, it, but it's not so much that the North lost it. The North conceded it. Uh, back then, Republican, uh, pro-abolitionist Republicans thought it was just, just too much of a pain in the ass to hold uh, the white Southern enslavers <laughs> accountable for anything. And, you know, here we are, Danielle, where, you know, I've been thinking a lot about something Jason Johnson said um, after what's his name? The murderer uh, of George Floyd. Can't remember his name, but that's okay. Derek Chauvin. Thank you. Uh, the murderer of George Floyd was convicted. I, I don't have the exact quote, but basically what Jason Johnson said was, but look what it took. Look what we needed in terms of proof and witnessing in order to get one white guy convicted of a, an obvious murder. And Danielle, that's what I keep thinking about. Like, look, look where we are. Look what we have. I mean, most of the evidence against Donald, actually all the evidence against him is among people in his own orbit. You know, so we can't pretend that this is some kind of political hit job. And most of the person most indicting him is him. So what is it going to take? And when are people going to sit up and, and understand what is so deeply, deeply wrong um, and, and get rid of all of the people who were supportive of this? I mean... <laughs> There's so much, right? Like the fact, the the reality is, and, you know, we talk about this on your show. I talk about it on my shows is that whiteness protects whiteness. And you can twist yourself into all different, you know, types of pretzels in order to come up with whatever other excuse there is that a man like Donald Trump, who's been caught on you know, tape and he's not even being caught. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? We're just, we're just airing it, but it's not as if that is going to be used in any real way, because if you were to have a quarter of the evidence that has been presented by reporting, just basic reporting, right. Mm -hmm. On anyone else, anyone else that is watching this, any of us right here talking right now, Everyone else would have been in jail two years ago, three years ago, right? Immediately. And so uh, uh, immediately, and it would it would have been like we will lock them up now because we see that they are a threat to national security, and we will ask questions later. There is not a person, right? I believe that has been accused of the Espionage Act that hasn't been thrown in jail, that hasn't been carted off in shackles, and yet here Donald Trump sits 
running for president of the United States again. And so, you know, when it comes to Merrick Garland, when it comes to our system, our, our system of injustice, it was never built for the benefit of black and brown people and indigenous people. It was built to secure property, which we once were for white men. That is it. And so when you look at the system, you say, well, why doesn't it just work? Because whiteness and maleness will always protect whiteness and maleness. You have the false sense of justice when you believe that these two separate groups are wearing two different political party hats. But when it comes to criminal enforcement in this country, they're actually wearing the same fucking white hat. And it's not the white hat of goodness, right? It is the consideration and understanding that the Klan had. Right. Which is that blackness by virtue of birth is criminal. Right. And is seen as a, is seen as violent and something that needs to be oppressed and put down. It doesn't matter. There is no benefit of the doubt because by birth you were seen as a problem that goes for everybody that is not white. And so. You know, when we look at these situations and we see that this injustice situation will throw a child right in jail, a black child in jail for life sentences, a black child in jail for a dime bag, a black child in jail like Khalif Browder, who was thrown in jail in Rikers for three years for suspicion of stealing a backpack. No evidence was found. There was no court case. There was nothing. Three years. And he not sat just in, anywhere. He sat in Rikers. Rikers. Rikers he sat in Island. Rikers as a 16-year-old. There are too many fucking stories of that and then committed suicide two years after his release. There are too many stories like this for that to be accidental. It is purposeful because at the end of the day, what is wanted is white ascension, Right and black and brown and indigenous dissension. That is what, that is how our society has been built. That's how this country has been built. So when we see such egregious acts and then they want to gaslight the fuck out of us and tell us that justice will come, just be wait, it's, you know, just wait, it's slow, right? It is a relationship that we all, that, that black and brown and indigenous people in this country have with an abusive partner that we refer to as the United States of America that That's beats right. the hell out of us, that is toxic. And, you know, and yet we can't escape because I don't know where the fuck we're going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, well, I think one thing, you know, we always have to be educating people. So uh, again, anybody who's not familiar uh, a really good sort of primer on uh, Reconstruction is Eric Foner's short history of Reconstruction. Uh, it's short and it's to the point and it just, I think it hits the the, the notes that uh, are essential, uh, essential information for uh, especially white Americans. Because, you, know, you know what, black people know this shit, guys. Uh, and um, People like Ron DeSantis are doing everything in their power to keep the rest of us ignorant and stupid and uh, mean. <laughs> so, um, you know, we have to we have to uh, take that power uh, into our own hands. Um, I'm trying to find a transcript because I, I realize we started the show just assuming everybody knew what we were talking about. And I think there's a good chance that most of the people watching do know. Come here, Cap. Um, but... Um, even if you know, maybe you haven't heard the audio, I, there are so many things about it aside from 
the obviousness of the crime committed uh, that I want to get to. But uh, Jen, you had a point you wanted to make. You may have noticed that we live in extremely stressful times. And one thing that does not help is not getting a good night's sleep. I waking up in the middle of the night, not being able to get back to sleep. It just makes it harder to face the challenges the next day. And one of the problems is just sleeping and being overheated and, and just not getting the kind of deep sleep you need. Your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on the quality of your sleep. So if you wake up too hot or too cold, you've got to check out Miracle Maid's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands, and their sheets use silver-infused fabrics originally developed by NASA. That means Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating, and they're designed to keep you at your ideal temperature for relaxation. With Miracle, you'll get better sleep every night, and just imagine how great it's going to feel when you wake up in the morning feeling totally refreshed. Plus, the sheets are self-cleaning. Thanks to their embedded natural silver that prevents 99.7% of bacterial growth, they stay fresh and cleaner three times longer than other sheets. So stop sleeping on bacteria. With Miracle Brand Sheets, you can sleep comfortably knowing you'll have fewer clogged pores, fewer breakouts, and fewer skin problems in general. So go to trymiracle.com Mary to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And with Mother's and Father's Day right around the corner, this is the perfect way to give someone you love the gift of better and more luxurious sleep. Save over 40% and be sure to use our promo code Mary at checkout to save even more and get three free towels. Miracle is so confident in its product, it's back with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash Mary and use the code Mary to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash Mary to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. You can also find the link in the show notes. Yeah, you know, there's something Danielle said, and it seems so obvious what I'm about to say, but some bunch of stuff just clicked in for me. And one of the things that people that Garland has said and people defending him have said is, you know, look, he has to go slow because if he had immediately appointed a special counsel to investigate Donald Trump, uh, for the insurrection, for example, it would have looked partisan. And his whole thing is, I want to destroy, destroy. I want to, ooh, pardon me, slip. I want to restore the reputation of the Department of Justice. Right. Listen, but, I think you should go with destroy. But one thing he keeps ignoring, and maybe it's because those of us who have expressed this haven't maybe expressed it loud enough, or because no one listens to us, is that he's perfectly fine with with keeping with not restoring. He's perfectly fine with continuing to maintain the reputation of the Department of Justice as patriarchal. In other words, and by patriarchy, I mean a certain, I mean, not just men, but the white men who created the system that Daniel was talking about. So he's so afraid of being said he's partisan. 
but he's never been afraid of upholding the patriarchy. Footnote, is it any wonder that he is still, his Justice Department decided to carry on in defending, wanting to defend Donald Trump in the case that E. Jean Carroll brought? In other words, Garland represents and maintains a kind of pretending to be neutral white male patriarchy that hides behind tradition and um, institution without understanding that to make an institution strong, just like the United States and democracy, you have to look at the hypocrisy. All of us want democracy. We don't say we're against democracy, but we point out the slavers who founded this country and talk about how, you know, Hello, Frederick Douglass, his speech uh, about July 4th, what does it mean to an enslaved man? I'm rephrasing, I don't forget the exact title. The same thing, what does the Justice Department mean to people who, uh, who have lived under patriarchy? And whatever he thinks he's doing, he is just reifying patriarchal control. Uh, and, and people like Reality Winner, a young woman who shared one document, was thrown in prison immediately. Donald Trump, who is like waving around the most sensitive military and national security secrets, isn't just running around free. He's fucking running for the United States presidency. Fuck you, Merrick Garland. And and let's not forget, as if we needed more, but um, what an indictment this is of the entirety of the Republican Party, uh, who in the House just voted along party lines to center Adam Schiff for doing his job uh, and impeaching and bringing impeachment uh, an impeachment case against uh, the fucking traitor. Um, so it turns out that the uh, both both the New York Times and the Washington Post don't think that this uh, rises to the level of putting it above the fold. I mean, I guess it's on the front page, so maybe that's that's something. Uh, they also d- don't don't seem uh, to think it's worth transcribing, but there are some quotes they pulled uh, that um, I want to read. And again, this was an audio recording. He was aware it was being made. I believe it was initiated by his aide. Uh, He was being uh, interviewed by, I believe, two, uh, I don't know if they're reporters, journalists, or just writers, um, two people who apparently have way too much time on their hands and are writing a biography of Mark Meadows. I'd rather pound nails in the back of my hand, but uh, I I don't know. I guess everybody's got their own thing. Um, And it was during this interview that uh, Donald made the following comments. Um... Let's see here. This totally wins my case, you know, Uh, adding that the papers that he's rummaging through in front of these three people who don't have any clearance. um, And neither does he anymore, by the way, I think. Um, And everybody starts laughing because it's just so hysterical that uh, information that could get Americans abroad and our allies killed is just it's like stand up comedy right there. Uh, This totally wins my case, you know, highly confidential, secret. This is secret information, fucking moron. Isn't that incredible? This was done by the military and given to me. Um, Then uh, he says, declassify it. See, as president, 
<clears throat> I could have declassified it, but now I can't. So I should be in prison. Um, you'll probably understand which parts of this are my commenting sarcastically. Uh, now we have a problem, says some laughing woman in the background whom I want to punch. It's so cool, Donald says, eventually calling out for someone to bring him a Coca-Cola, which presumably they know should be diet. Uh, so, uh, Danielle, <laughs> it's the fact that it happened. <laughs> it's the contempt. It's the immaturity, the stupidity, the arrogance, um, and, and not just of him, of this horrible woman who's his aide. I want to know who that is. And of the two, the two, whatever they are, writers, also chime in, making it very clear whose side they're on. I, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's not a smoking gun. It's a video of somebody loading a gun, pointing it at somebody, pulling the trigger, the other person dropping dead, and the person with the smoke gun that's now smoking turning to the camera and saying, see what I just did? I just shot a guy with a gun. Oh, I, you know, the thing that got me and I put this in a private chat and I tweeted it yesterday, it was the laughter of what yes. sounds like, you know, a young woman just, you know, giggling along with Donald Trump and Trump just seemingly doing what he does, which is wanting to impress, wanting to be cool, wanting to seem tough and powerful, right? All of this is just one big egotistical um, nightmare, right? Like, you know, part of me believe two things can be true at the same time. One, I can believe that Donald Trump stole those documents because Donald Trump wanted to sell information, right? I can absolutely believe that. That's number one. Number two, I also believe that Donald Trump took those documents so that he could have talking points and bragging points for the groupies that would come into that come into Mar-a-Lago and he could showcase, look what I have, look what I have, look what I have, right? And seem, you know, bigger than he is because he's so, so, so just such a fragile, small, insecure, like, you know, all of this could have been avoided if most white men went to therapy, right? Um, instead of taking out all of their fucking insecurities and issues out on everybody around them. And I mean that seriously, like I'm not mm -hmm. even, you know, joking. Yeah, um, a lot of white women too. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, all of this is just so performative. That's what I got from it. It is just so performative in its nature and deplorable and disgusting um, and beneath the office. But it's like we say all of these things over and over again. And to the point that was made earlier, right, about Merrick Garland and wanting to preserve to preserve patriarchy and to preserve the institution. Folks, we have to understand that's the goal across the fucking board. Mm -hmm. Like we're here in this space right now because a black man became president of the United States and white America lost its fucking mind. And so in order to restore their balance of what they believe power is, they have to present their fucking worst, 
right? The person that was going to elevate and give air to and a microphone to their grievance about no longer being worshipped, about no longer being able to subjugate, about no longer being able to be their worst selves, right? And be accepted as such because they are white. This is why we are here. This is the entirety of what white lash looks like every time there is progress that is made in this country. And so by presenting Donald Trump, this egotistical toddler of a man who embodies all that white men have ever wanted, right, which is power, the ability to grab people by the pussy, do whatever it is that you want and get away with it and have the money and the cachet that doors open for you. He is their model. And has been, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you look at, you know, who Barack Obama was and you look at who Black people are that have risen to this level, the amount of perfection, this, like, the, the, the stellar nature, the fucking resume, right? And then you look at Donald Trump and that is just a fuck you to everybody that has ever been told that, like, education is the key that like all you have to do is work hard blah blah you don't you gotta be born white and wealthy and like male that's all you gotta do yep that is that is the formula uh and you're right it's self-perpetuating because they have no interest in challenging i guess that it's a little demoralizing to see just how few people really are interested who 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 really don't understand that there's only so much money one person should have uh that there's so only so much cruelty and hatred that's worth putting up with in order to make sure that you retain your illegitimately one quote unquote one and held privilege. I, I mean, it it's just kind of it's I, this I, when I, I just just quickly, you know, just think about like the fact that billionaires, multi-billionaires exist, right? The fact that people made profit, continue to make profit off of the despair and the backs of many, the fact that we equate genius right? To those that happen to have just been born more fortunate. And we can actually, we have all of the power, the ability, and the skills to make right what has been wrong, to make sure that all people have homes, to make sure that people Mm -hmm. have their basic needs met. We have the ability to do that. We have no will because the desire is to live inside of an oligarchy and pretend that it is a democracy when it's not Mm -hmm. right. Like what we saw during COVID for that hot minute, that's what democracy looks like when your tax dollars are actually being used to aid in your ability to survive. That's what it looks like when we made sure that all people had, but then that was called a handout. Yep. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's that always was called, called a handout was, when it's, it's always worth, called a handout oh, unless when, you're it's, rich. when it's our money that is going back to us. But if yep. it's going to the Pentagon, if it's going to the defense contractors, if it's going to the shareholders and the CEOs, then that's a, that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. We have more than enough, but they make us believe that we have to fight over the scraps so mm-hmm. that they can continue to build, build, build on our backs. Yeah. And, you know, just as a quick aside, and this is a conversation, a much longer conversation that I hope we, we get, have someday. 
Um, in, in a lot of instances, the only party, well, no, in, in every instance of uh, wanting to help people, the only party to vote for is the Democratic Party. It's the only party that believes in democracy. It's the only party, to some degree, it's the only party that believes in unions and the working class and equality and all that other stuff. But there is one one place, one one uh, thing you mentioned that the Democrats are just as uh, guilty of, and that's defense spending. It is obscene. It's never ever questioned. Fucking Tommy Tuberville, the stupidest senator ever to live is putting a hold on um, promotions in the military because the idea that women uh, should be equal citizens is just unacceptable to him. Why aren't any Democrats doing that when we're, we're faced with a defense budget? I mean, I don't mean to do, I don't mean put a hold on something that like endangers our, you know, national security, but put a hold on something, make a stand on something. I mean, the, defense budget alone would pay for school lunches. I mean, you know what, Doug, I, my head's going to explode, but you know what I'm saying? I think 900 gajillion dollars on, on defense. It's actually like almost 900 billion dollars annually for um, defense spending is obscene. It's an obscenity beyond measure. Uh, and we should see it that way. Because so much of that money doesn't get anywhere near to spend for spending on defense, right? And so little money is spent on the thing that would help us cut down the need for defense, and that's diplomacy. So the State Department gets starved, and the Pentagon just continues, you know, it's like a monster taken over. Um, and guys, listen, things are really fucking bad right now. So... Um, Swearing here on the Mary Trump show is never compulsory. However, judicious swearing is encouraged because we have a fucking traitor <laughs> running for president unimpeded, unimpeded. Okay. And a hundred percent of the Republican party, whether they're saying it out loud or not, will vote for him. So, please, lighten up and uh, swear. Mm -hmm. Because if you had said to me, after November 7th, 2020, when I think some of us, like, finally slept for the first time in four years, that things would be worse now? Mm-hmm than they were then, I would have told you to fuck off. Yeah, I mean, Mary, the can you sleep through the night meter? I'm not sleeping through the night anymore. I'm waking up every night <sighs> twice at 2.30 and then at 5.30 in the morning like it's, like it's you know, 20, well, look, you know, yeah, 16 the, through 2020 again. The bad guys keep winning. And I, I don't know, like, are we supposed to get used to it and just take it in our stride? No, but we've got to figure out a way to manage it so that um, it doesn't debil debilitate us. I don't know about you guys. I'm feeling pretty debilitated. 
Yeah, I uh, I started, we talked about this before, but I started grinding my teeth again at night. I woke up the other morning and my jaw was in so much pain. And I'm like, what's happening? I'm like, oh, it's the stress again. <laughs> like it's crept back in, the worry. We all need like chew toys or something. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I do. she's knitting, uh, right? I'm like, we need to do this. I need to do do your show like on a treadmill. So well, that I can get out. you know, that's actually, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I guess it, it was definitely after the the 2016 election. I was struggling, shall we say? Um, and I would have these very very long phone conversations, and like after months of this nonsense. A friend of mine was like, just imagine how much better it would have been if we were both on treadmills. While it's like, now you tell me, now you tell me this. I would have gone and gotten a treadmill. Of course, I would have used it as a hanger. But anyway, it's I get maybe it's a thought that counts. But it's true. And I think a while ago, we had, I think Dolly was here as well. We'd come up with this idea of a um, doing a non- um, like sky is falling book club. It, that's not what it was called. Like a non-apocalypse book club. So uh, anybody reading anything good? Because I got to tell you, <laughs> um, as I may have mentioned here before, I've been rereading Henry James, Henry James's books chronologically. And um, there are actually a couple that I never got around to reading. Uh, and so the one I'm reading now is one I'd never read. And it's the Bostonian. <laughs> And I can't, I can't because one of the main characters is a Southerner. It's right after the Civil War and his whole family was in, were enslavers. And I'm like, this man, it's like, I was like, it's like reading about a serial killer who everybody's just having dinner with, even though they think it's bad that he's a serial killer. I can't read, I can't do it. So that escape doesn't work. Um, and I know that Henry James's politics were good and I don't think it's a reflection of him. It's a reflection of what society was like, right? At, you know, during reconstruction. Well, you know, the war's over. Let's let bygones be bygones. Oh, you're still going to keep mm. torturing and maiming and murdering black people. What are you going to do? You need your land back. Oh my God. So, um, so I need something else. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, is there anything you guys are doing that's, uh, helping because I think everybody needs something. Uh, Jen, you had a finger raise. Yeah. I mean, I think a knitting finger raise. I think that um, even though there's a lot I'm reading, that's kind of esoteric uh, or archaic nonfiction related to my book project. That won't help any of us. Which won't help anyone. (laughs) I've discovered a read, you know, that reading fiction is which is what I used to love to read. It's very comforting, and in fact, I just started reading a novel that I'm so hooked on right now. It's called The Italian Lesson. Oh yeah, um, I've heard of that. Yeah, uh, but th- what's nice about it? It's Italian Lesson. I these friends uh, that I know have have launched. Oh, I'm one of them <laughs> on Substack, and they call Backstory Serial. Mm-hmm. We love that place, Mary. Uh, it's a politics-free zone. Mary is writing a serialized romance thriller type novel, and it's super fun. And I like the recipes and, and knitting patterns that go with it. So for me, escaping into that world and being able to engage with you in a non-political way, Mary, is yeah. makes my heart not uh, want to explode yeah. in my head and fall off. It, all right, I just, we'll get back to that because Danielle has to leave in a couple minutes. So Danielle, uh, 
please help us. I mean, what help help us? Um, I you know I meditate multiple times a day. I start my day with meditation. I end my day with meditation. Um, I spend I'll try and spend a lot of time in nature. I have a quick question for you. Yeah, about meditation because mm-hmm. for people like me who find it difficult and find meditation apps overwhelming, it's like I just want somebody to tell me what to do. Yeah. Is there one, not, not an app, because again, you go to calm yeah. or whatever and you just like, Oh, here are 7,000. It, it can see so for me, like I, I use insight timer and I found like a couple of uh, meditation teachers that I just really like and really okay. connect with. And then I just, whenever they post new meditations, but I kind of, I'm, I'm one of those people that will just listen to similar things like okay. over and over again. Yeah. That's um, what I'm looking for. One and thing I like that works. Yeah. And I like, you know, I like a guided meditation. I, yep. there is, there is, um, there is a particular, and I'll send you, I'll send you a couple because I'm like, there's a particular person, you know, who's like, this meditation is for overwhelm is for yeah. overwhelm and realignment, yeah. like recognizing that like folks, it's really hard to stay, um, balanced, to stay happy, to stay healthy. Um, when all of these things just keep happening every single day, every single week. And so you have to really make your joy and health, um, intentional. And so for me, I, you know, I walk, uh, at least four miles a day, um, in, you know, in nature close to water, because that helps me, um, you know, get into a good space. And I'm trying to also just like spend a lot of intentional time with friends, you know, um, and with, and with loved ones, like doing fun, silly, you know, things or like nothing. Um, and just like reminding myself that it's, it's just really important to live. But like, for me, body movement gets the, gets the, um, it minimizes the teeth grinding It minimizes like the bouts of insomnia that I go through. Um, if I can like just get my body physically moving and also spend time in nature, those two things are, are key for me. Yeah, I, that is absolutely true. It's called, what's this thing called tree bathing? Um, oh, there's I, definitely sound, sound bathing, nature, nature bathing, just being right. quiet. Just like yeah. touching a tree, like mm-hmm. literally being, I mean, I, I'm not going to do this. I live in the city, but if you're, if you're somewhere like really in the woods or on a beach being going barefoot, being yes. in direct contact with the earth. And again, if you can't do that, touch a tree, like tree hug it. I'm not kidding. It's a thing. It matters. Tree, you know, be connected to something living yeah. that isn't trying to kill you. Which, yeah. uh, you know, it seems like what we're, we have to deal with most <laughs> of the time. We're constantly in touch with other living things who are trying to kill us. <laughs> yeah. The last quick thing I'll say before I jump is that, you know, what I found is, you know, when I move into behaviors that are not healthy or like good, mm-hmm. um, I just try and remind myself like the apathy and like the toxicity is what they want, right? Like, if we were to just, you know, drink yeah. or just like, you know, go off the deep end or just like tune out. So it's like the crazier that things become, the more grounded and the more I look for new healthier habits to try and balance out. Because I honestly like I don't want people to win by stealing my joy and my health. There's enough that is already going on. So yeah. that's kind of the reminder for me. 
but wise love words. You guys. Love you too. Uh, see you soon. See you soon. Hey, yeah, I wish I could take that advice. I, I feel like. Oh, me uh, too. She's since... right. Cause I haven't been walking. I haven't been doing the, the last five days when I haven't been able to sleep. I've not been moving. I've been sitting on my butt reading. And maybe yeah. I should get out and move. Yeah, you should. I mean, it's not a question of maybe. It's a question of, <laughs> you know, these are vitally important things and it just makes everything worse. I, I feel like I haven't had a break since 2016. I mean, it just, it's, and th there isn't one coming. I think that's, that's the reality for everybody watching and listening. There, there is not going to be a break. You have to make them for yourself. And, um, you know, uh, the, and it's sort of, <clears throat> it feels like, you know, the, the, the rare bits of good news we get are kind of theoretical. Um, for example, something very, very important happened today in the Supreme Court. I'm sure there are going to be terrible, <laughs> some terrible things coming out of the Supreme Court, especially vis-a-vis -vis affirmative action. But the, the thing, uh, there's a case called Morby Harper, and it has to do with this ridiculous... Uh, totally constructed thing called the um, independent legislation theory, which essentially would have given state governments the power to decide who won an election, right? They could just overturn the will of the people, overturn the courts. It would have been absolutely disastrous for our democracy. Of course, Al what's the matter, Cap? Of course, Alito, uh, Thomas, and Gorsuch all ruled in favor of uh, the independent legislation le legislator theory. Um, but thankfully, uh, six people, three of whom are horrible human beings, but decided that that was a bridge too far for them. So, Jen, uh, I mean, that's great. And of course, you have it printed out. But it's... <laughs> It just prevented something bad from happening. It didn't make something good happen. Am I being too cynical here? What's the matter? Kat? Yeah, I mean, I think when you when you think someone's holding a hammer above your toe and is and, ha, and has smashed it before, and they're holding it above, and you think they're going to smash it again, and then you find that oh no, they won't, and the hammer is taken away. I mean, I guess that's good, and that's kind of how. We feel, but a hammer to our democracy maybe is a better metaphor. I mean, yeah, um, yeah it's disappointing. You know, six justices uh, voted to reject this idea. And I don't know how much in the weeds, how much I should back up and talk about what was going on. Um, we don't need to, to get or not. No, yeah. I, don't, I, don't I mean, I mean, the bottom line is, I think, as people know, um, that the reason why this decision could have been so dangerous is what the what North Carolina's legislature was trying to do could have spread across the whole country. And it would have allowed a state legislature to not even be reviewed by even if the state constitution uh, and the state Supreme Court would have disagreed with what the legislature independently did. There'd be nothing to stop it. And it was a misreading. The reason why this went up to the U.S. Supreme Court is because it actually relates to the U.S. Constitution. It's not just like a state thing. Mm -hmm. and it has to do with this, the, the electors clause right. um, there. And so it's really I think it's um, it's good. On the other side, there are folks, you know, when a decision comes down and, it, and a hammer's taken away from your toe, you can be happy. But now that that's happened, I think people are also looking closely at this decision and saying, well, okay, what could it mean? And it gives federal judges, federal courts, more power over what state uh, states do generally, not just state legislatures, 
in terms of voting. Now, you know, uh, I'm comfortable with that. I think this. I think the the feds should have even more say. I think that parts of the Voting Rights Act that were repealed by the Shelby County decision, um, right? That that's a problem. You know, I think we we need federal oversight of the kinds of changes states might do to deprive people of their voting rights. So, you know, I don't know. I think we're going to have to wait. I think that folks should listen carefully to the election law experts like Rick Hasen and others. And I'm sure tonight on cable news, you're going to have some good debates. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to point out there's some nuance here. But at the moment, um, I'm happy not to be having the democracy hammered, hammered right now. Yeah. I mean, no, the the Rebus court has made it clear that in some instances at any way, at any rate, they're willing to chip away as opposed to destroy democracy in one fell swoop. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I just really quickly... Uh, want to get back to something that you wrote in the private chat, uh, or, or maybe Danielle speculated that Donald released this video, uh, audio tape of him committing treason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would he do that? Um, like how would that be poisoning the jury pool? Because I listened to it, granted, not with objective ears, but I don't think you need to be objective <laughs> to understand what's going on there. How would that make anybody think that? Okay. I mean, I did not come up with this idea. I've heard people say uh, that they think he released it. And when I first saw that kind of swirling around social media, I thought, why in the world? In the next thing that happened, I think on True Social, he claims it exonerates him. Here's how I think it could help him or be in his interest to have this out in public. Um, The more people that hear the, the, the tape of him committing, confessing to, you know, or actually in the act of committing a violation of the Espionage Act. The more people who see that um, means the more people, when it comes down to seat the jury, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the questions that the judge asks of a jury is, do you know anything about this case? Yeah. Um, and, okay. you know, his lawyers might say, and this is going to be more people, and they would have formed an opinion. You yeah. listen to that and you form an opinion. So you're only going to get people on the jury who either lie and say they haven't mm-hmm. formed an opinion or people who are just so out of it. And that's just not a great jury pool. I mean, you want people who even who say, you know, I haven't heard that much about this, or even if I have, I'm not going to be biased. Well, if you heard this, you've already made up your fucking mind maybe. And so I, that's possible. Uh, but I have no idea who, who released this, this tape, this audio recording myself to CNN. I have no idea, of course. And I think we'll find out maybe in time. I, I, yeah, I don't, and this is the thing, um, the last thing I'll say today about this particular issue uh, or this case. Um, I think for various reasons, it matters very much what Donald did with these documents. It matters. It matters who he showed them to. It matters who had access to them. It matters if he sold them. Um, All of that matters. But in terms of his guilt, all of that's irrelevant. He stole documents that belong to you and me and the United States government. He had no right to have them. They're highly classified some of them were human intelligence. We have no idea how many human beings were actually put in danger 
people may have died as a result of this. This is treason. So, <laughs> and Merrick Garland knows it. And the fact that people at the DOJ weren't going to do anything about it until they heard this audio recording should shake all of us to our core. Because seriously, man, what does it need to take? I mean, the only good news is that Jack Smith has brought the indictment via the, his grand jury. Yep. But the bad news is, you know, Eileen Cannon, who landed with this case, is doing some weird stuff. I mean, some people say, so I don't know if you saw this yesterday, apparently she'd ruled to mm-hmm. say no. Like the Justice Department wants to have a list of witnesses that uh, Donald Trump isn't allowed to speak with about the case, mm-hmm. and they want to file it under seal. And she said, no, you give me a reason why you need to. Now, that seems harsh, but there are people who said, no, it's good. The Department of Justice should say why. Let's wait until she rules. Um, I mean, let them say they think they don't want the names coming forward because it could jeopardize the people. Um, you know, I also to- heard that that, that that was something that, that happened that, at the request of the magistrate judge. But anyway, I listen. Oh, yeah, you're going back. It was the magistrate judge and the Department of Justice had never even asked right. um, to, have, to limit who he could speak with. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. I'm not yet worried. Um, no. uh, you know, I think the trial is supposed to be set for like December 15th. That's at what this the point. That's recall. what the OJ wants. Um, that works for me. Um, it's after the semester is over. But but I wish it were sooner. Um, and the reason why it's not sooner is because there's all the secret. It's the very nature of the beast here. There's all this secret information. But the problem is, if you were a normal person, he'd be in prison pending the right. trial. And that's the thing, though. It's like Donald always commits crimes that are the nature of which protect him. Okay. I mean, I I swear to God, I feel like just going out and committing crimes and recording. Probably you shouldn't do that. I don't think you should say that or do that. You know what I am going to do? What? I am going to continue to write the Italian lesson. Good. And uh, we're going to continue making sure people have a blast over at Backstory Serial. We've got a a knitting pattern up there that everybody should check out. We've got recipes coming up. Um, All sorts of, and the story, of course. Uh, So you should definitely go check that out. It's Backstory Serial, S-E-R-I-A-L.com. I I also just uh, started a new venture with um, my buddy, Bob Seska. Uh, it's called Trek Politics, and it's not about our politics. It's about Star Trek politics, which is much more fun and less life-threatening. Is Star Trek the same as Star Wars, or is that a different franchise? All right, Gentile Danielle <laughs> Moody, uh, thank you so much for being with us today. We're going to leave it there. Um, I know, I know. So, seriously, Jen, thank you, Danielle. Thank you so much. And All right. Uh, thank you all so much for being here today uh, to listen to Jen came back and she left again. That was fascinating. Uh, it's such a joy to continue um, talking about how much Donald commits crimes with impunity. Woohoo! Um, but seriously, thank you for being here, for hanging in, for being patient and all that other stuff. Uh, the Very Trump Show is going to be on hiatus for a bit because of the upcoming holiday. 
Uh, so we will keep you posted uh, when we for when we're coming back. Um, I hope you all have a great couple of weeks. And in the meantime, please stay safe and be kind.